Welcome to Observing Others. This is episode 15. I, Kelly. Kelly, where are you? Oh. So, Kelly's not here today. We don't have his boisterous, happy self here today. He took some time off to go spend some time with his family. So, we're going to let him do that. But I have a guest host here today. We have Lee Brazier from Wasatch Prince. How's it going, Lee? It's good. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, I'm- we're excited to have you here. We are here at your location, Wasatch Prince. This is a nice place that you have here. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. If you ever need apparel, need... Well, you tell everybody everything that you can do here, Lee. Well, it, it's pretty pretty exhaustive. We're, we, we, when we say we're a one-shop print shop, we mean that. So if you need apparel, business cards, flyers, brochures... Stickers, vehicle graphics, signs, trade show graphics, swag. If you can put your brand on it, we can probably do it. So tell everybody your your slogan. We are a one-shop print shop. And my slogan when I'm talking about apparel anyway is if you're not branding yourself, you might as well be naked. I love it. That is one of my favorite. When I first started, um, so I got to know Lee through the Davis Chamber of Commerce um, knew him a little bit before that because um, his business is in Clearfield City, where I'm on the city council. But when I first heard you say that, I was like, "This, this is awesome here." It, it, it's memorable, and and when you're branding, you need to be memorable. Uh, it doesn't always have to be about being naked or anything controversial, but you need to, as as one of my friends and mentors says, you need your brand to be sticky, so people need to remember that. Yeah, they, they do. You need to put yourself out there. Um, uh, kind of uh, at the expo, our speaker was talking about being the first one on the dance floor, but you have to be noticed um, in, in any um, avenue where you're at. And man, putting your logo on a shirt, a jacket, hat. Um, I have my North Davis Fire jacket on today. So people, people notice that. At first, it just has a 15 on it. And people, when I go out and about, people ask me questions about it. Yeah. So it's a great conversation starter. So yeah, it's it's definitely you want to get get out there as a small business owner, especially. You need people need to know who you are and what you do, and I can't I can't count the number of times that that I've been somewhere with a company that I've worked with, wearing branded apparel, and people ask me a question about it. Yeah, this is so. My question is, how did you get to this point in your life to to own a print shop? That's a really long story, so we're not going to go into the entire story there. Um, Give us the highlights. Highlights, I owned a catering company for 10 years, so I've been involved in buying, and I've owned my own businesses for uh, either in sales or owning my own business for 30 years. And so I've, I've been a buyer of printing and apparel and all sorts of marketing, and my degree is in marketing and, and small business administration. Um, so I had an opportunity I, I had some um, experiences where I've had businesses fail and I've had partners that haven't been the best partners in the past. And all those things built upon each other and led me to where um, I had the opportunity to get into printing um, and then into from working with another um, printer to owning my own printing and branding company to um, getting involved in Wasatch Prince. I bought out a previous um, partner of 
of Scott, who's the original founder of, of Wasatch Prince. And then this year, and that was two years right before COVID hit, um, great time to start a business is right before a pandemic. <laughs> um, we, we struggled in the first few months. And uh, it's a family-run business, so I have two, my two sons working here. My two daughters now work here, or two of my do- or my, my only two daughters, two of my sons. My wife works here part-time, and then we have a couple of other great staff as well. Um, but we started that right before the pandemic. Pandemic hit, things struggled, and then all of a sudden when we were about ready to say, you know what, we're not going to make it, we're going to shut our doors after, after a few months, um, we had a, a great company, Legacy Roofing, came in, and they um, placed the biggest order we'd ever had to date and saved our business right at the beginning of pandemic. They've been a great customer since then. Um, over the next two years, Scott and I continued to build this. We've grown month after month, um, setting records every month for sales, year after year. And then in with Scott's help, um, with his back and his, his retirement, he wanted to retire fully. So we were able to make that happen in February of this year. We completed the buyout. And uh, so now it is completely family-owned, uh, family and employee-owned. So all of my employees own a small percentage of the company as well. So you really get them all involved and they feel a part of the business. My, my goal is not to see how much money I can make. It's to see how many people I can help, how many sure. families I can help. And um, we do that with our employees. If they own part of this, we don't pay as much as some of the big, big international companies. We don't have those kind of, that, that kind of budget. We don't, have, we, we don't charge enough for that. We don't work with the right kind of clients to be able to focus on making a, a ton of money. But we can give back where we can, and we love to work with small businesses um, to really help them. Hopefully, they can become the bigger businesses. I've got a couple of clients that I've watched over the last last few years that have gone from not knowing, you know, if they need much more than a few stickers to now they have national um, reach, international um, international business, and it's wonderful to see those businesses grow. So that's really where my passion is, is helping entrepreneurs and small businesses be able to grow through the branding that they do. So what has made you want to be an entrepreneur, to own your own business? Um, it was probably born in me. My dad owned his own dental x-ray lab for many, many years. So I grew up with a family, with my dad being self-employed. Um, I've always done, done, even when I've worked for other people, I've always had some sort of um, business on the side. Um, as a family, one point we made soaps and sold them at the farmer's market. And we did that. And I was making good money in sales, um, more money than I make now. But sometimes I wonder why I don't stay in corporate America. And then I work in corporate America and I realize why I don't work in corporate America. But we did it because I wanted an opportunity to be able to bond with my, my children better and help them to learn about how to communicate with people and how to interact. And so we chose soaps as, as a thing, something we could do at the farmer's market. We saw a niche in the market, and we built that up and did that really well for three years. Then they started getting older and wanted to get jobs where they get paid more. And so we closed that, sold, the, sold that soap business, and now they're, two of them are working for me. Um, one of them works up in Montana. But all of my children, in one way or another, are – self-employed one of my one of my children he does 
Uber um, or uh, DoorDash and Uber Eats and those kind of things because it gives him the freedom. And he's, he's in essence, self-employed, and he's ma- he makes as much as uh, many people working full-time. And is it a daughter-in-law who is an author? I have my daughter. My daughter-in-law is an author. She wrote a book before she, you know, several years ago, she's working on a second one. Um, she and that son live in Montana. Uh, he works, her father owns a, a um, construction supply company up in Montana. So my son works for him doing sales. And then he also sells stuff on the side on um, marketplace and such like that. And he makes as much money doing that as he does That's working amazing. in cabinetry. Um, so the reason why I bring that up is Lee, um, gave me a book that his daughter-in-law wrote. I gave it to my 12-year-old daughter, and she had it read in two days. Like, that's how engrossed she was in this book. So We've, um, had, we've had multiple people ask her when her next book is coming. That's what, in, that was the first question out of my daughter's mouth. Was, she has a whole book? series of books planned, but um, she now has um, several kids, you know, two kids and... and Life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. I mean, I still think two kids, that, that's a small small family. They'll probably have more. But um, I grew up, my my family, we have six kids in, in my family. Uh, my kids are all adults. Now I have five grandkids. But I know you have six kids as well. That's a good motivation to work hard. It, it is, isn't it? It really makes you work hard to put the food back on the table for them. So um, I, I wanted to to have her on here because I just feel like this this conversation um, will go well with you. I look at my life and I see pivot points. And I always look at my life um, and I, I know I got this concept from other people I've listened to and um, read books from, but we're all defined by pivot points. And this so this program is all about observing others. We want people to look at others as people and get to understand them before, you know, they make any judgments on anybody else. And I, I like to get to know other people's, um, just those moments in life that define us. So whether it's in business or, you know, and sometimes they're, they're synonymous with each other. Um, I try to be the same in my personal life as I do in my business life. And moments, each moment in those areas have defined other parts of my life. So whether it's in business or your life, what are some key moments, um, you know, that may have been a pivot point or, or defined you to make you more successful in what you're doing? I, I could identify a couple of them, but the first first one that I really um, really think about is, is when I had my catering company, um, I was working in food service. You're working 18-plus hours a day, in my case, six days a week, and then I would – do inventories on Sunday just to make sure I had everything. So, I mean, I was work, re- literally working seven days a week, and most of that was a long, lot of long hours. And I was sitting in my kitchen um, doing my inventories. Everybody had gone for the day, and the song The Cats in the Cradle came on. And if you've ever heard that song, Love that song. Um, it talks about the relationship between a man and a son, and he never has time for his son when his son is growing, then when he gets into his retirement years, his son never has time for his dad. He's always busy, and he says, you know, I realize my son is just like me. And when that song came on, it hit me so strongly um, that if – and my children were, were fairly young at the time, all of them under 10, 12 years old. 
And if I didn't make some changes in my life, that was going to be my relationship with my kids. I wasn't worried about um, building a successful business. I, you know, we were, we were doing Olympic scale catering literally for the Olympics. Um, but at that point, I realized I needed to make some changes. So um, I was president of the Utah Professional Caters Association. Um, I called up one of the caters that I knew that was always asking me questions about how do we do this, how do we do that. Um, you know, I have been talking to her. I said, you know what? I've decided I'm going to sell my business, um, or you know, I'm going to yeah, and focus on some other things. I went to work for her. Um, it was I, I made more money working for somebody else than I did working for myself. I was able to help her grow her business um, up and you know, up and through the Olympics. Um, then you know, left that. Her business has continued to grow since then. Um, they now have sold the, the business or sold it to her son and then sold it to somebody else. They, you know, it's continued to grow, but I went into sales, um, after, after the 2002 Olympics and, uh, commissioned sales and, and made a lot more money and worked a lot less hours than I ever did before. And I was able to spend a lot of time. I spent a lot of time working in the scouting program. Um, I have four boys that all earned their Eagle Scouts. Um, I never earned my Eagle badge. I did everything for my Eagle, except I turned 16 and, you know, got involved with working and girls and sports. I, I and, was five, well, actually one or two merit badges away. Oh, I had all the merit uh, badges. I my, had my everything. My stepdad was, he was a big scouter and he was livid that I uh, didn't uh, go pursue that Eagle Scout. <laughs> I have I have several several of my own boys that, that, got their eagle, their last requirement done literally the day before they turned 18. Um, now it's one of my biggest regrets. It's, it's, it's my only regret. I've, I've done a lot of other things, have a lot of other things that probably maybe could be regrets, but all those were stepping stones sure. and helped me learn from that. But not getting my eagle was my biggest regret. And so I put a lot, I put over 20 years into scouting in every single um, position on a unit level, some on a council and on a district level. Um, but then a few years ago on Father's Day, my children, and you can see it behind you, um, an eagle with four baby eaglets in, in a nest, and they have all the patches, um, all the rank advancements on there, and they gave me that award. I mean, it's awesome. not a perfect, polished, beautiful you know, piece. It's, I mean, there's flaws in it, and, and I love that. That's probably one of my most prized things in my office is, is that award that they gave me because they got their eagle because of how much myself and my wife worked with them to help them get that. That's awesome. So you bring up a good point here. Um, you're talking about regrets, um, how some of them maybe should be regrets, but you've used them as stepping stones. Um, that is, I think, a good um, perception t- to make is how we use um um, I even hate to call it failure um, or mistakes, I, and I, I've never defined it as with a good word there, but I like stepping stones. Um, how have you used those stepping stones to continually improve yourself? I, I remember I was in, in an interview one time, and they asked, uh, it was a weird question, it was kind of a group interview, um, and they asked a question, what is your biggest regret? If you go back and change one thing, what would you change? And I thought about that, and I said, you know, 
I wouldn't change anything because everything that's happened, good or bad, has made me who I am. Um, and as and if we take those failures, and I've had businesses that have failed. Um, sometimes it's my own fault. Sometimes you know, I was undercapitalized. Sometimes it was because of of poor choices in in partners or in other aspects. But every one of those things built upon each thing. And I remember a few months ago or a few years ago, I was sitting and I I just gotten in my uh, gotten home, um, just started a business with another partner, and I I realized everything that um, everything I'd done had led up to to that. All of these other things had had been stepping stones, and even today, all of those stepping stones and all of the businesses that I've managed or owned or whatever, they really have, have helped me to learn things. And, and I try to utilize the lessons that I've learned to be able to help other and uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs. And so I think that does give me kind of a unique perspective. Um, I, I can provide that consulting for small businesses without charging consulting rates. Um, I do a lot of free consulting and uh, I don't mind that. I never really have figured out how to just ask people for money. Most of the best um, entrepreneurs, business people that I know do exactly that. They find something that they somewhat give away, um, whether it's advice, product, but it pays off in the end of just, it, it's almost like a sampling of just the other stuff that you can do. I find that um, just in my role at the chamber, working with all of our wonderful businesses here, and that's that's why I have a passion for what I do is to highlight all these wonderful businesses. I've always wanted to be one who owns his own business, but now I get to highlight almost every single one of our businesses in our community, and that's the message I want to take to them. Well, and you're you're in a position now because of that that you can help those other businesses without taking on the risk for your family of, of are you going to be able to feed them this the, today and, or And there's still sacrifices to that. I mean, no, oh, um, definitely. These fun rolls often don't come with a, a nice paycheck. And you, you alluded to this a little bit was looking at the benefits versus, you know, maybe the income coming in and you need a little bit of freedom in life and um, some other yeah. perks, perks in there as well. Well, and we talked about even before about, the chamber and how businesses can utilize the chamber to be able to to give back. Um, I, I fully believe that when you're blessed, you have a, a duty and an obligation to give yeah. back. Um, but I also look at the more I can I can give and help, the more benefit that provides for my own family. Um, you know, we 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 do a lot of things um, with the chamber where we we donate all or part of of stuff that we do for chamber organizations or for other organizations. Um, and sometimes it gets a little scary. It's like, if I'm, I, am I giving too much? Because am I, how am I going to be able to pay my employees and pay? There's definitely a dichotomy there. So you got to be careful with that. But at the same time, every time I've, I've been in a position where I can give, it comes back to me far more than what, what I give. And so I just have to trust For me, I just have to trust God that, that everything will work out. Well, Lee, this has been a great conversation. So if people want to get a hold of you or contact you and use your services, where do they need to go? 
They can go to wasatchprints.com. Um, we're still working on on updating our website. I don't really like our website a whole lot, but it's a lot better. We actually got new coloring on it. Just the There's always day, room so. for improvement, right? Always room for improvement. Or they can call us, look us up on Google. Um, we're on there. More reviews than anybody else. So. Uh, I'll say if you need services, anything print, seriously, you need to look into Thank you. Um, Wasatch Prints. Thanks for being with us um, today, Lee. Thank you. So the, um, we'll miss... Miss Kelly, we'll get him back here so we can really be um, with Kelly. He, he's a missing factor in this. But um, please check us out, observingothers.com. We're on all of your um, places where you would normally go to listen to a podcast and um, engage with us, share your comments. Um, if you ever want to be a guest on our program, please let us know. And uh, till next time, uh, hope you have a great time. <laughs>